everyone. I hope you're well. I hope you are having a safe and happy holiday weekend. It's a weird one for sure, um, but it was really nice last night to take a drive with my kids and stay in our car, of course, to be safe because we're in quarantine, um, but see some fireworks that um, DC was putting on this year. And of course, there's lots of reasons to object to the use of money in that way, but I do love fireworks. And that's probably, you know, speaks more broadly to um, why I may have been drawn to uh, someone who has addiction issues, uh, perhaps, or maybe it's just um, a kind of love of being near, but not um, necessarily in danger. Uh, but anyway, it was a really nice um, night, and my kids and I really had a happy 4th of July, um, which I wasn't expecting. It was kind of a surprise, and I think there was something about getting out of our routine, even if it was just um, being in the car for the first time in a really long time and driving literally 10 minutes down the road from our house um, to sit in traffic uh, with the air conditioning blaring and watching the fireworks go off nearby. Um, so yes, I hope you had a good weekend too. I am, I'm thinking this week I wanna talk about recovery. And obviously that is a term that means and encapsulates all kinds of different practices within it. And I was Googling rest and recovery uh, because one of the things that's been interesting this week is that, you know, I don't know if we have COVID or not. My, um, we were exposed from my partner and he was exposed at work and he got tested midweek last week, but we still haven't gotten the results. And so it's been this really weird phase where we all seem to have symptoms, but they're not necessarily all the symptoms that are listed for the virus. So no fever, but we're very, very tired and we sometimes have stomach issues and we're just not ourselves. Um, we're, you know, I keep thinking, I feel like I'm mono. It's just been completely sapped me of all energy. And it has me thinking about the past year and some of the long-term effects of, you know, living in chaos um, and what what that takes, what the toll is bodily um, for everybody in the family. And whether that's alcoholism or whether that's the stress of a pandemic, I think it's really true. For us, you know, there's a real fear. Um, you know, you're hyper alert and uh, you are anxious and there seems to be a non-stop need to do repetitive and hard work, physical work around the house, but also not necessarily a sense of relief or change. And it all just kind of um, over time adds up. And so I've been really trying to think through like, oh gosh, is this depression <laughs> or is this, is this COVID? And one of the things I'm thinking about this week is that because I had the language of the virus, um, I indulged my desire to rest in a way that I couldn't for depression or even just acknowledging what my family has been through me and the kids this past year. It has been an incredibly hard year for my family, just thinking from July 4th to July 4th. Ooh, we've had a lot going on. And not surprisingly, I would imagine we're all processing it physically as well as emotionally and that we need rest and we need a lot of it. And it's hard, I think, for me as an Alanonic person and as a codependent person to sometimes acknowledge that my 
instinct when I feel that physical limit is to push, to keep pushing, you know, or an emotional limit. Like I just don't necessarily have, I, I, in the past, I didn't have the tools necessary to allow my space, you know, myself space to process it. And even now I've been noticing um, in this time of rest when I'm not sure if my kids are or are not sick and it's the start of their (laughs) kind of quasi summer vacation. And so they are incredibly, um, I mean, my goodness, I thought we were doing a lot of screen time before this, but now there's a lot more um, that school from home is officially over um, for at least this little window of time. They do have some summer programming starting soon, but we've just been bumps on a log this past week. We've been really really, really, really resting. And I was thinking about this. I was trying to like Google, you know, 12 step recoveries and rest. And I wasn't finding anything other than take what you like and leave the rest, which I guess is a really good time for me to say this. I'm not an official spokesperson um, of any 12 step program. I'm just speaking from my own experience, kind of using this as a share as I would in a regular meeting. And so, of course, you should take what you like and leave the rest. Um, But for now, what I've been thinking about is why it's so hard for me to rest and why it is that I need a a real excuse, like a virus, um, to give in to what my body needs. And it's been weird. Like, I just have stopped trying to fight the urge to work all the time in every crevice of the day, whether it's household or whether it's my job. But there's, I don't know, it's just something about having um, an excuse to rest that has been really weirdly exactly what we needed and so I am trying to be grateful um, for the gift of um, what this little mini quarantine within a quarantine has been like it has allowed us or necessarily allowed me to um, let us just flop and restore ourselves so so I have been just <laughs> watching Netflix and knitting in bed and reading a good book and eating frozen pizza, really just definitely trying to recover because I don't, I don't know if we have it or not, but it certainly feels like we're only running at about 40% <laughs> of what we normally were running at. And that's been hard. And I have to say, up until, that was pretty much most of the week. And then yesterday, um, things just sort of shifted for me. I was really anxious. I was overwhelmed by not knowing and feeling like it was outside of my control and waiting for my husband to get tested. I should have gotten tested myself, right? That was one of the mistakes I made. But I am um, waiting for him to get tested because I thought in my thinking that if he is negative, then I don't have to put the kids through the test. But that, of course, means that I'm waiting on him to provide information that I think is necessary that he doesn't necessarily think is necessary. And it's bringing up all the aspects of what life was like um, when I was living with an alcoholic and active alcoholism. And that sense of um, not, you know, feeling that hyper control, that vigilant part of myself, that that moral outrage, you know, that he's not responding to the same um, threat level that he, you know, he might be having. That is the people around him aren't necessarily treating this um, as seriously as we are. And of course, I can't control anyone's behavior. And Alanon tells me I should 
focus on myself and what I can control rather than um, my moral outrage at others, which gets me nowhere good. But all of that negative thinking was back in place yesterday, and I was really struggling with my anger, um, with my grief, and with my anxiety about whether or not, not necessarily about alcoholism, but now about COVID. And so it's just making me realize how hard and challenging it is for everyone right now, especially those of us and those of you who are living with active alcoholism. And I know this is a hard weekend um, for anybody who suffers with addiction, any holiday is. And so I've been thinking about us all and I've been hoping that we can rest (laughs) now that the storm is behind us. before everything went south with my husband, um, we were in couples therapy, and our therapist explained it as um, that the, that the gift of being outside of trauma, that this, the indicator for us, or at least for me, um, of being outside of the threat zone was that I would get incredibly tired, that it was finally safe enough um, for my body to rest. Uh, because we were through the hyper-vigilant kind of crisis moment. And I'm thinking a little bit about that as well. I'm not quite sure if we're through what we're through, um, but we're certainly in a different position. And, you know, my husband is still drinking. Um, He's not dealing with his addiction in a way that I would want him to. But um, my kids and I are not living in active alcoholism, and maybe now it's safe enough enough for us to, to rest and recover. And that means I've been knitting. Knitting, of course, is like soothing. I'm working on a really easy project. Um, I've been working on my cardigan made out of the rayon recycled yarn. It's fabric is so weird and neat. And I'm enjoying this challenge. I'm kind of reverse engineering a pattern. I didn't want to, it's not sold. You have to buy a kit to get this pattern. Um, and it's from, and it looks really perfect and it looks like a pretty good yarn sub. And um, so I just kind of stared obsessively at pictures of the not so many finished cardigans online and I've reverse engineered it and it seems to be working. I think, um, what I'm really excited about is that because it's a rayon yarn, um, the, the, it's going to drag. It's like any kind of non-wool fabric. It's going to be um, something that doesn't recover in the same way that springiness that wool has. And here, the solution, which I thought was kind of brilliant in this pattern, it's the Careless Cardigan by Wool and the Gang. And you should, you know, I, it, it, it's really beautiful. It looks, the ones that are up online look really good. And it's made out of their yarn, but it's not cheap. It's like $100 for the kit. Um, but it's knit sideways. Um, so you start at one end of the sleeve and you just knit across and kind of go out um, to make the rest of the cardigan. And so you decrease and you increase. And it's just a weird and strange construction method, but I think it's kind of brilliant because the sideways construction, I think, should keep the drag down of the cardigan. And I'm pleased so far. So it's a little bit of a, hmm, who knows if this is going to be a worthwhile experiment or not, but so far so good. And I'm um, plugging away at that. And it's just because it's just straight... um, stockinette stitch on fairly large needles. I think I'm using like 10 and a halfs. It's been pretty easy going. Um, and I'm 
thinking about rest and trying very hard to be mindful. I'm alternating that with a small baby hat. I'm fingering weight yarn, very small needles. I think I'm using like ones. Um, and I'm making, like I talked about knitted gifts, I'm making that, um, I'm recreating that baby hat that my grad student gave to me and my daughter when she was born. And I'm just making this really fun rainbow hat out of the teeny tiny bits of scrap yarn that I got from that huge stash that I inherited from a person in my neighborhood. And so these are just tiny little bits of yarn. I mean, just (laughs) barely enough, I think, to um, make the one rainbow section of um, the hat. But it's been really fun and pleasing. And those two projects, I think alternating between them has me really, really happy. The last thing I wanted to say is I was so excited to find that there's a couple of us who are listening to this podcast, and it's so nice to know I'm not alone, that there are others out there who are thinking about um, the way in which addiction and recovery connect to knitting and to making and I know it just seems so niche but it's been really surprising and fun and I was listening to one of my favorite um, podcasts video podcasts about knitting and the person just happened to mention that they are um, are they were participating they participated in Al-Anon when they were younger and that they were starting to do it again and it was like shocking to me because of course um, the knitting community is so huge that of course there's going to be facets of our Um, community that connect with other and of course the addiction and recovery community is so huge that it shouldn't be so surprising that there are these overlaps but I felt really surprised and it made me go searching for others maybe I thought maybe there's other podcasters that I could see or other um you know, programs or whatever. And the, the results were sort of surprising. One, there was a, there is an Al-Anon pattern on Ravelry. Uh, it's a dishcloth. And I found that to be kind of joyful. And, you know, there's something, I think it was about using, you know, the mundane as a way to be reflective and meditative. So that was pretty cool. And then I found, most excitingly, though, I found a um, specific nonprofit group out of, I think, Ventura, California, um, which always makes me think of Tom Petty and the Ventura Boulevard line and <laughs> free falling. But anyway, from Ventura, California, uh, there is a nonprofit that specializes in knitting and recovery um, and uses knitting as a way of thinking about 12 step for alcoholics and recovery specifically. And I always think about, you know, I think tradition six where we should always partner with Al-Anon family groups should always partner with AA. And it made me so happy. And I saw that they're accepting donations. So I think a good bit of the yarn that I inherited, um, not all of it, but a good bit of it, I think I'm going to send to that program. And the other thought that I had is that my local, you know, seeing that made me realize the ways in which knitting is such an act of rest and restoration. Um, And I know that my local yarn store also partners um, with a um, women's shelter here in my city, Alexandria. And I just remembered that. And I think I'm going to try and donate some of these materials to them as well, because as my daughter taught me, as I told you last week, who doesn't want to work with beautiful materials? Um, and it can be challenging, of course, when you're you're not necessarily buying the exact yarn that a pattern calls for, but I'm finding it's such a creative, fun challenge to match yarn with project. 
Um, and I know I've been finding it really healing and restorative this summer, especially in this time of COVID that maybe others will too. So I just wanted to share that. I am not going to be a weird hoarder, (laughs) but I'm tempted to. This yarn is so fun. It's so fun to have it all around, but it's way too much. So I'm going to be donating that, I think, to those two organizations, keeping some for my daughter to play with, and then maybe one project for myself from it as well. So that's where I'm at. I hope that you're well. I hope that you're safe. I hope that you are um, just in a really positive place in this midsummer moment. And I am looking forward to maybe having an update next time I come online here to talk to you all about um, this weird cardigan, whether or not it worked, this this care this careless cardigan that I'm making. I do nothing carelessly. I'm like overworking and overthinking everything, but I do feel like there's something really nice that in this week of forced rest because of threat of COVID, I am working on something, <laughs> the careless whisper. <laughs> that is this rayon yarn. All right, I'm going to stop because I'm rambling, but take care, friends. Bye. Bye.